0: Hi, I'm Sophie, and you're listening to the Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast, home of all things paranormal. Brought to you by your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Enjoy the show, and don't
1: forget to subscribe. You won't regret it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi, everybody. So before we get into the show, I think we better tell our lovely listeners who won the competition to name our alien.
0: Our little bundle of joy.
1: Our little bundle of joy. The person who came up with the name is Annie from Hungary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> See, on the last episode, you said you wouldn't sing, and I got you to, to cheers and purr- purr- and all that sort of stuff.
0: I wasn't singing.
1: Oh, well, okay, true.
0: Anyway, I've, I've sung on here before.
1: Anyway, let's get back. Annie, thank you very much for sending in that suggestion. The suggestion that you gave and that we are going to use is... <laughs> esteron.
0: I really need to come up with a new thing yeah. yeah
1: esteron e-s-t-e-r-o-n and what annie did was she went on to google possibly or whatever i don't know because she's from hungary but maybe she's got family from wales who knows esteron is the welsh word for alien actually it means foreigner as well but you know our alien is a foreigner our bundle of joy is a foreigner it didn't come mm. from your loins or i'm mine. a
0: foreigner
1: yeah that's true you're a esteron
0: I'm Esteron's mommy. And
1: and Esteron is gender neutral, so that kind of works as well.
0: No, our child, our bundle of alien joy is not gender neutral. Not that there's anything wrong with being gender neutral, but he is not. He is a he. Really? I've decided.
1: Then you're going to have to draw a little packet on him.
0: I had to carry him inside me so he could bust forth from my loins.
1: Which he never did. (laughs) Annie, we're going to get in touch with you. We are going to send you an email. With a few questions on there, things like your sizes, so that we can send you some lovely merch with Esteron plastered all over it.
0: Yeah, because you know.
1: That's how we roll. Yep. Anyway, on with the show. We are speaking today with a psychic medium by the name of Paul Humphreys. Ever since being a small child, Paul has had experiences with the other side. He's grown up over the years to gain an extraordinary ability to have communication with those who are no longer physically with us. Bringing proof that consciousness continues on and that life is eternal is what drives Paul as a person and he continues each day to push the boundaries within his own spiritual journey. He's been recommended to us personally by author Nick Tyler, who's actually been to see him live. Please welcome to the show, Paul Humphreys.
2: Hi Paul. Hi there Shelley and Bella, thank you for inviting me.
1: No problem at all. Well, I've got to say you come highly recommended. We had on the show a few episodes ago, Nick Tyler, the author of Haunted Yorkshire, and he is currently working on a new book whereby he's going to be looking into the ideas of psychics and mediums and people who claim to obviously be able to have communications with the other side, if you like. And he said that when he's doing some of these things and he's going and meeting these people that he found that he was in a position whereby he almost was going to ditch the book because he said that he wasn't finding anybody that he felt was credible. Yeah. And then he came and saw you and apparently you, in his words, blew his mind. He couldn't explain how you were able to come up with the things that you were coming out with. He didn't see any clues or tells that he was getting on some of the other shows he wasn't getting with you, so he, as far as he was concerned, was convinced that what you claim to be able to do, you actually do. I want to delve into some of this and, and, and what you actually experienced. So when did you first realise that you could connect with spiritual realms?
2: Well, my first um, experience, Shelley, was when I was a little boy. I was about three or four years old, and I, and I recall a time when I used to talk to my mother about um, a house that I used to live in. I used to describe this house in great detail and describe the back garden and what was around it and so forth. And I used to describe to her about a pram that I used to be in. And I said, you used to put me out in the back garden, mum, in the pram, the big blue pram, which I do believe is uh, the old Silver Cross pram. And, And I think it really scared my mother because she said to me later on in life when we used to talk about it, that at that time she was really, really frightened. But I never lived in that house. That house, um, that I described was before I was born. And the pram that I described was a pram that my little brother used to be in. And unfortunately, my little brother passed away before I was born. So it really, really scared my mother very much so. I and mean, my mother's always been a, a kind of skeptical kind of person and my father as well. And, um, throughout all my life, little experiences that, that I've had, but that was the very first experience.
1: When you see these images or you, you sense these communications from the other side, uh, do you see them? Do you hear them? What are you getting?
2: There's a whole range of communication that I get, Shelley. I mean, starting on from, from the early years, I just used to see things. You know, I'd see them in my bedroom when I was a little boy. I, I also recall, I think I was about eight to nine years old, see my grandfather in my bedroom I just thought he was really there but he'd obviously passed away a couple of years beforehand so I'd see a lot of things and as I've developed over the years I then started to hear things as well you know hear little whispers and there was one time I remember I was laid in bed and it was me and my wife and um, it was the middle of the night and I just felt something rubbing my arm I thought Hey, up, it's the missus. (laughs) As you you would, you thought, hey, up, my my luck's in tonight. And I turned around and she was fast asleep with her back to me. I thought, oh, was that just wishful thinking? (laughs) So I tried to get back to sleep and again I felt this rubbing on my arm. And that's when the chills really came down my spine. I thought, this is not normal. And I was trying to go for that rational thought process, thinking, Maybe my daughter's crept into her. And I thought, what are you talking about, Paul? She's staying at a friend's house tonight. So I did the thing. I said, "Who? who is it? And all I heard was, Paul, Paul, it's me. Well, I'm not kidding you, Charlene Bella. I screamed the house down because I didn't recognize the voice. So that was the first time I heard something. And I think that's about 27 then. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I get a, a, a full communication from them. I don't always hear them, but a lot of times I see things. And the way that I work now, as I've obviously developed over the years, you can imagine just like having a daydream and you're thinking about life and you've got images in your head. You can imagine another set of thoughts of somebody else's blending with your own. So I'm seeing the spirit's thought process rather than it being like a phone call. It's like they're impressing images, you know, about their life, um, memories that they've had, and then I'm obviously um, relaying that back to people.
0: You said you don't hear anything all the time, but do you see things all the time? So yeah,
2: I mean, mainly I see things. You know, like I said, I see visuals. I'll see memories. They'll show me images into my mind, and then sometimes I'll hear little whispers. I may hear a few names being said to me. Sometimes even full sentences that I've repeated back to people, and it's almost as if that voice is in my head, and um, it's quite hard to describe it's like it's like my own voice, but at a a different a different frequency if, if you will and I can hear it going into my thoughts you know like I'll be reading for somebody and I remember reading for this lady in a spiritualist church and I'm seeing the images of a father and things like this and I heard clearly Perry Perry over and over in my head I went. Who's Perry? I mean, it's an unusual name. She went, that's my dad. So absolutely blew my mind that one day because it's such an unusual name. It's not like your traditional Bills and Georges. You know, Perry, I just couldn't believe it. So yes, there's a a whole host. And feelings, I mean, that plays a massive part. And the best way I can describe getting feelings from spirit, if you can just picture being sat on the bus and the only empty seat that you have is your own. Somebody mm. comes on and sits next to you. And sometimes you may get a feeling like, I don't like that feeling. There's something about that person that I just don't like. Mm. So when I'm working spiritually, I'll get these emotions that are running through me. And I've learned in my thoughts to say, what is it that I'm feeling? And then they'll show me an image of what I'm feeling. So as an instance, I may feel some kind of pain to my stomach area. And then in my thoughts, going, why, why am I feeling this pain? And I may see some puncture wounds or something like that then I'm aware that maybe this person's, you know, been stabbed or something on those lines.
0: Do you have sort of a mechanism that you can use to say, okay, I'm going to go grocery shopping and I don't want to hear any of this? I don't want to see any of this. Is there something that you can do to?
2: Oh, crikey. Do you you know what, Bella? um, It just brought back a memory that has. There was one Christmas and um, was doing the food shopping, and was in the butchers getting the Christmas meat in our town centre. The butchers was absolutely packed solid. And this is in my early days of working as a medium. A little bit undisciplined then. And I'm in this packed butchers. Sound like Pat packed butcher from eastenderson then? In this um, <laughs> four, 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 four butchers. And I just heard distinctively, Bridget, 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 over and over and over. And I just turned around and went, there's a somebody in here called Bridget. <laughs> and there's this lady stood right next to me and she froze and she went, I'm Bridget. I went, your mum says you're doing too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, my wife said, Paul, quick, let's get out of here. Because everybody was trying to make a bit of a beeline for me. And I thought, I've got to put some disciplines in here. So I've learned to be able to kind of shut it out a little bit. Right. And if you can imagine for a moment, I think another good example of, of doing that You know, I don't know if you've got children or not, but sometimes, you know, you're sat there playing in the room and you're watching TV and you're very focused on the TV. But, you know, your children are okay, They're playing. But you've got that that concentration. And it's a little bit like that. You know, they're there. You know, they're around but you're not giving them that time, you know, that focus. Yeah. yeah, So they're always pretty much around.
1: What's the difference then between a psychic and a medium? Because I get these a bit confused, and sometimes I even yeah. refer to people as a psychic medium. So where's sure. the difference?
2: Well, there is there is a difference between the two. A psychic is a person that's able to um, read the energy of things, like the aura for, for a start. Everybody's an auric field which comes from the soul the spirit if you will and and it's reading that energy now a medium is a person that will connect with the spirit world you know with your loved ones your friends that have crossed over now psychics are not always um mediums mediums are always psychic so the word psychic medium sits hand in hand and then um, if you're a medium you have psychic ability right so, so there is a difference so Typically, a psychic will probably look at your life, you know, where you've been in your life and possibly where you're going in your future, but won't necessarily connect with loved ones in spirit. You know, you'll get your card readers and things like this and so forth. And then your mediumship is connecting with the spiritual realms. So there's a difference between the two.
0: Do you ever get afraid? You know, you'll see something and then think, oh, I'm not going to tell, you know, a, the person about that because, yeah.
2: You know. yeah. You know, I, I mean, the way that I work as a medium, and in in particular when I'm doing one-to-ones, you know, um, private readings in my home, I never have the intentions of really looking for something bad. But I always do say to the client at the start of the reading, do you want to know everything? You know, and, but I've always got that discipline there that you wouldn't want somebody to walk away from your home in some kind of state of shock. Okay, you really would not want to do that. You want them to feel uplifted with a sense of healing. You know that's the motivation really behind it. But there have been times where I have seen things. You know, and that's life, isn't it? You get your good and you get your bad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you get thrown curveballs in life, but as I said, I never start off to look for something to give them some kind of shock. You know, I've known clients come to me and they've said they've had readings in the past. Where such and such medium has said something like, "Don't get in a plane because you're all going to die." I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's ludicrous. And and I, th- I think it was quite upsetting in the fact that the the the, the mother of the family she had to commute to um, Scotland and had to fly from um, um, Humpside Airport to Aberdeen on a weekly basis. So that lady was then driving all the way to Scotland with a fear of getting into a plane. And I said, look, you know, how, how long has this been going on? She said, a year. I said, has any planes come down from Pondside in that time? She went, no. I said, well, there's your answer. So, you know, you've got to be very careful because people are going to hang on to every single word. So there's yeah. a lot of responsibility involved in what we're doing. And as I said, you know, my motivation is to bring that sense of healing, of them walking and knowing that their loved one's continuing on and that we are going to go somewhere and be reunited. That's what rigging mediumship is truly about.
1: Okay, so you said that we're going to go somewhere and be re- reunited.
2: Absolutely. What
1: does happen after we pass away? It's going to happen to all of us. We're all interested in this type of thing. We're all we all, oh, all going to face it. So what are we looking at here?
2: Do you know, it's just been the most fascinating journey that I've had. Um, I've been working now as a medium for 10 years. I wish I had all the answers to everything and every time I think I've got an answer it opens up many 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 more questions the one thing the spirit would have always said to me and um, is the fact of we go home and I thought that's a very interesting thing to say we go home when you're thinking that the earth what we're living on is our home and they've said we come here to learn you know we come here to for growth to get an understanding of all things and th- and I said you know, you know, why would we want to come here, you know, in a world that's quite dark and quite sinister? And if the spirit world is so beautiful, why would we not want to stay there? And they went to me, how would you really understand love if it's not been taken away from you? How would you understand what is hot if you don't know what cold is? How would you understand what pain is without relief and so forth and so forth? You know, because in the spirit world, it's such a beautiful place. It resonates in the frequency of love. There's, there's nothing different so we come here to get a really really understanding you know about strength and about determination because we need something to gauge against for us to grow we just can't do that in spirit and I also asked them you know I was always led to believe as a child through um, um, religious faiths and so forth in at school that heaven is up above us above the clouds etc with a, a man sat on the clouds and I said to Well, where is the spirit world and they said to me, it's all around us. It's a, it's all around us. It's just in a different dimension. And that was quite interesting, too. And I think uh, a good analogy of that, if you can imagine having a, um, a radio physically in your house, an old analog one, and you tune into one station, which could be the earth, and then you tune into another one, which could be BBC Radio 1. You know, it's all around us. So that was quite fascinating.
1: When we get to this other realm then, when yep. we exist on this other frequency, yep. what's it like? I mean, are there physical structures? Are we going to see heaven and, and you know, have a, a a beautiful house out in the country? Or are we just existing as a spirit floating through the ether? Yeah,
2: it's a really interesting um, subject. It's so interesting. And I can only really uh, say about the things I've been told from when loved ones come through the things that they've told me and the process they understand when we first pass away and we go into spirit form we come out the body we've got loved ones there waiting for us to take us home and they typically take us around all the family if some people have missed out are saying goodbye you know a loved one's going to come and take us around everybody then we go into the spiritual dimension we go through a process of healing and maybe a time to reflect as well back on our life because often they come through and said you know you know, and I didn't live my life in a very pleasant way. I want to come to apologize. I've looked back at my life. I can see where I've gone wrong and wanting to apologize. So it's that little process there. And they've often said to me as well, that they've done things in the spirit world, things that they've never been able to do before, maybe because of financial struggles, you know, not getting to see the world, not getting that lovely house that you've just said. And they have those things up there. And I've had a few old days in the spirit world, some old ladies that come through that love the bingo and they, you know, they lift the bingo going every night here on the earth, that they've recreated bingo halls and social settings. So they can pretty much do anything up there that the ones they did here as well and beyond, and beyond my understanding.
0: So it's like here, but they can create it.
2: That is absolutely true. And he also said to me as well that there is things up there that are far beyond our understanding you know things are silly as like things like colors as well you know our spectrum of colors is such and such but there are colors up there that we can't even begin to comprehend it's really fascinating
1: Wow, well, i guess because we're outside of the physical now our eyes are only maybe tuned to see certain frequencies of light and therefore when we're not using those anymore i guess we can perceive any colors that's that's really interesting i like the absolutely. idea of that. Absolutely,
2: absolutely That is very very true.
1: So some people believe that what you could be seeing, maybe we're talking about the sceptical people now, and I think it's healthy to have an element of scepticism. They could maybe say to you that what you're experiencing is a trick of the mind and that maybe you're deluding yourself and other people. So how would you answer that?
2: Oh, I mean, um, Shelley, you know, even with myself and my wife, we've gone through the process of am I losing my mind? You know, and, um, you know, you try to rationalize things, as I was saying earlier on, you know, I'm looking for a reason why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing. And to the point of, am I going crazy? And but through some of the work that I've done and um, as an example, I'll just give a few examples here some of the readings where you can then argue the fact, well, how would I know this? There was one reading that always sticks out for me. It was an evening that I did in a a little cafe in Grinsby. And there's about 50 people in in this evening. And I came to this young lady and she she was sat near the front door, if I remember it rightly. A young lady, about 18, 19 years old. And I said to her, your sister stood next to you. And she looked at me really strange. And she said to me, I haven't got a sister. I went, no, no, she's in the spirit world. She stood right next to you. She went, oh, no, 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 no no I haven't I went if, it, if there's anything she's your twin sister she looks exactly the same as you oh no 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 and this is how it was going for a few moments And I had 50 people in this room I think they're all looking at me and I thought I just want to dig a hole and jump in it right now mm-hmm. I, I felt you know the world's just falling in on me and I stopped by my gun says my lovely you've got a sister in the spirit she's been watching over you for many many years and she's going no you're mistaken I've got a brother here I haven't got a sister you're wrong and this is no word of a lie from 50 people, this woman had stood up in the audience and went, oh, my darling, I am so sorry. And mum stood in the audience. And she said, when you was a little girl, you had a sister that was born, and it was so upsetting that they laid her to rest and never spoke about her again.
0: Mm. So
2: it was just that moment where that was like probably one of the best proof I could ever really give anybody because she'd sat there going, How can I not believe when I didn't even know myself? Because people people could argue the fact: is he reading body language? But how could you read a body language of somebody if they didn't even know that existed in the first place? And then to get that validation at that point, it was just the most amazing thing that I could ever witness. It was beautiful. And there was another um, one as well, which you may find interesting too. Uh, Another young lady was in more of a home group and I brought through her mother. And unfortunately, her mom had passed with alcoholism. And and I brought all this through as evidence in the reading. And as the reading progressed, I said to this lady, I said, your mom's going to give you a sign from the spirit world that you'll, you'll know that it's your mom and you'll never question Again, if there is an existence, etc., etc., you'll just know that you've had a contact. And, and I said to her, what's going to happen is there's going to be a lady called Mrs. Taylor that's going to come and cross your path in such a way that you'll know that your mother has sent her to you. And she said, oh, I don't know a Mrs. Taylor. And I could see her thinking and mulling things over. And she went, actually, Paul, when I was a little girl, my next door neighbor used to be called Mrs. Taylor. And I said to her, I'm not sure if this is going to be the lady or not. But maybe it is, you know, you'll have to let me know in the future. Well, sometime I'd gone past and um, I did another group evening um, at somebody else's house. And this woman made a beeline for me. She said to me, you read from my daughter-in-law about a year ago. I went, right, okay. And then she told me what I said. I'd forgotten at that point. And um, she said about this Mrs. Taylor. And this young lady on the first, I think it was the first anniversary of her mum's passing. She went to her grave and she brought some flowers and she broke down crying. And she felt this hand on the shoulder from behind, and she heard somebody say, everything's going to be okay now, my darling. And she turned around, and it was Mrs. Taylor from her childhood.
1: Oh, wow, you just gave me chills. <laughs>
2: mm, yeah, <laughs> I really. I couldn't believe it. I started crying. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, and I thought, what a fantastic piece of information for that young lady, you know, knowing yeah. that her mother, her mother who had all those struggles, is now at peace and living on. Absolutely couldn't believe it. Amazing.
0: What's the most sort of bizarre thing you've seen? (laughs) Do
2: you know, there's been so many readings I could sit and talk in great lengths about some of the most bizarre things and characters that I've come through. But there's always one thing that's really stuck out into my mind. And um, there was a lovely lady come to my house for a reading and um, I brought through her father. It was such a wonderful reading and he was a real character and, and so forth and so forth. And then about halfway through the reading, I could see a dad in spirit and he put his hand to his face and thought, what's he doing? And, and then he pulled his eye out of his eye socket and he handed it to me. And he's doing this spiritually. And, and I said to this lady, your father has just pulled his eyeball out of his head and he's handed it and said, I'm so sorry, I don't want to gross you out or anything, but this is what your daddy's just done. Well, her and her sister were just rolling with laughter. And I thought, what's going off here? And then she stuck a hand down the front of a jumper inside and um, she put her hand down. I thought, what's she doing? And she pulled out this chain from underneath the jumper and on it, there is a glass eye of her dad's.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I
2: was like, oh, my word.
1: These are the kind of things that, as I said, Nick Tyler just said, you need to get this guy on your show because I've seen him in action. And some of the things that he comes out with, you you just can't say that this was staged. So those are the kind of things. Sometimes you see mediums that are doing their work, whether it be on TV or you hear people have gone to see a medium and they'll say something like they mentioned the name of a loved one and the loved one that they name is someone like mary and they're speaking to an audience of 150 people and you know damn well that there's going to be someone in the audience who's got a relative who's passed with the name of mary and so
2: they're almost clutching at straws fishing it's like the old saying isn't it if you throw enough stone one's going to hit
1: exactly and i think that's kind of what you're up against if you're a psychic medium who is actually genuine and is doing the things for the right reasons and really stumbled upon their gift you didn't go to one of these courses which i wanted to ask you a question about that later on sure but you've got this gift and now your people often say well they're charging money if i could do that i wouldn't charge money i would just do it and my answer to that is You know what? I'm a computer engineer by trade. I can work on computers. But if I did that for free all of the time, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. My kids wouldn't be wearing clothes. They would be skinny because there's no food on the table. And you've got to live. It doesn't matter what your skill is. You've got to live. So you're up against these people, unfortunately, who are pretending to be skilled in these matters and really are not so how do you deal with the skepticism i appreciate you said earlier that you had a situation whereby the lady said no i haven't got a sister and in that situation Mm. you were able to say well no i could see as she stood next to you and then you had someone validate it but had that person not validated it how would you have dealt with the skeptics in the room that would then have automatically gone well he obviously
2: doesn't know what he's doing well you know at that point if if nobody would have stood up and um, saved me Mm. in that respect I would have just had to have moved on to the next one and just take it on the chin, you know. But I think skepticism is, is a very healthy thing, personally, because even the work that I do as a medium, when a loved one's coming through to me they say to me, hey, we come in visitation, we watch over our family. One of the things I say to me, my thoughts to them, prove it, prove it, mm. prove it to me. And I think this is why sometimes I get some very obscure things. You know, I go prove it. And sometimes it'll show me like their house they go in and I'll describe the house. But coming back to the point of skepticism, skepticism is very healthy. And there's two types of skepticism where, where where I see it from my standpoint is this sense of you get a skeptic that doesn't believe, but will look for a reason to believe. And then you'll get skepticism where they don't believe, but look for reasons not to believe. And I think, you know, the first, you know, when you've got somebody like Nick Tyler, that's going in a very open mind. It's not come to ridicule in any ways when we're very you know open mind and, and looking at, at the evidence what's coming through I think that's healthy skepticism and at the end of the day if everybody was to believe that the entire planet I think it'd be one boring place mm. yeah. <laughs> it really would we all believe the same thing yeah absolutely
0: but as you got older did your ability to see things did it become more developed like say when you became absolutely. a teenager you know when was it that you kind of knew exactly what you
2: know, what it's, was it's very very Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's grown with me throughout my entire life and I've seen things, you know, sometimes it may have been a few years and I've not seen a, a single thing. And you just you know, you continue with your life of growing and so forth. And it got to the point really where my wife was getting quite worried as well. We did a bit of research and um thinking oh, what's going off here and looking for some kind of help. And she stumbled across the spiritualist church and she said to me I want to take to this spiritualist church. And I went, oh, you won't get me amongst them freaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, that was my thoughts, you know? you know. I may go in there and throw holy water at me or something like that. And after a few months, I she convinced me to go. And, um, and there's one in Grinsby where I live. I walked through the doors. And I'm not kidding. It felt like I've, I've been there before. It felt like I've just come home. And I felt nothing but a warmth of love. And understanding and I'm seeing all these people in there talking about their experiences and I thought my word and then that particular evening was something called an open circle where everybody sits in a circle and the general public come in and they've got mediums in there giving messages and so forth and I thought well this is what I'm this is what i do. doing and I thought I'm going to give this a whirl. and I came to this lady and all I said to her was your auntie stood next to you and she's called Elizabeth and she's still in a pub that's about as much as I could get. That's all I really knew. I didn't really fully understand how to make that communication. So just get those little bits of information. Then she started crying, this lady. And I just said to my wife, quietly, I said, I'm not doing this again. I've obviously upset the lady. I went, this is not for me.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, she came to me at the end of the evening and she said to me, um, you gave me a little message about my auntie Elizabeth but I need you to know something. I've been waiting years and years for it to come through to me because she raised me as a child and she was my mother, in essence. And she went, I cannot thank you enough. And I knew then that this was something that I need to be doing. And then another medium, had seen my ability there at that point. And she said, can I coach you? I went, sure, yeah, no problem. So I was doing some home groups. And she was giving me some um, lessons on meditation and opening up a bit stronger and getting an understanding of what's coming through and how to interpret that. And then the rest is history, really.
1: If somebody hadn't had any of the experiences that you had as a youngster but Mm. decided that they wanted to get into this kind of field and they wanted to be able to communicate with spirit. There's lots of courses that claim to be able to give people the ability to communicate with spirit. Is this a skill that can be taught? I appreciate that you had coaching, but you already had a skill in place. So
2: yeah, is it something that you feel can be taught? It's a very interesting thing you've just asked there. And I've thought about this in great lengths many, many times. And it it reminds me really of like being at school. And, you know, when we taught how to draw and things like this we all maybe can draw stick men or then there'll be one or two that can really excel in that ability and you know and I think to a degree we may be able to learn something and maybe get a slight little link with them but then you'll get those what will run with it and I, I it's such a um, it's a such a tough one to answer because you'd never want to stop anybody's spiritual progress. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to be a medium to be spiritual. I mean, just being there for somebody and saying, hey, I'm here for you can be, mean more to somebody than bringing through their grandmother. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> it's such a difficult one. I think you
1: gave I, I, a good I, analogy there because, yeah. you know, the, the idea of the stick men thing, my ability to draw is, is legendary bad. If I wanted to get my kids into a good mood when they were younger, if, if they were sad, I would sit them down and say, let's do some drawing. And then I would say, what mm-hmm. do you want me to draw? And they would always ask me to draw something like an elephant, which I got anatomically totally incorrect. And it was just laughable. And it always used to put them in a great mood because my drawing skills are so bad. But, you know, maybe if I went to an art class, maybe I would get better. I would never be an artist.
2: Exactly. That's the point I'm trying to make is. But then I guess your argument there is you'll have them ones what may be mediocre that can draw a little bit and then not given the quality of the mediumship they should be. Yeah. I mean, I'd never want to kind of downgrade anybody, but, you know, everybody's path's different. Everybody's on a different level of understanding. And I've just been very lucky to have had this since being a little boy and it's grown with me. There are people that take an interest, maybe have a little experience and think, wow, I'm a media. And maybe that's where the danger is.
1: You were talking about the spirit world earlier and you described it as a beautiful place, almost a place that we can create, to want of a better expression, our own heaven. And presumably, if we went the other way, we could create our own hell. Some might even say that where we are now is hell. This is not a nice place in certain times. I mean, there are some great things that happen in the world. We actually had an experience yesterday. (laughs) We had quite an experience yesterday, actually. My sister was moving house from London to Wales. And on the way back, I was traveling in front with my dad in the van, bringing all of her furniture back. And my sister, my mother, and my nieces were in the back of the car. And the wheel came off the back of my sister's car on the motorway. They were stuck on the side of the road for an hour and a half because we were quite far in front of them. It was lashing it down with rain. It was windy. It was cold. It was nighttime. The RAC were going to take four and a half hours to get to them, these ladies on the side of the motorway. And eventually we got back to them before the RAC did, and we managed to get them off of the motorway, all but my sister, and took them to a Costa coffee place, which was closed, but they actually let them in. They gave them free coffee, cakes, and the way they looked after my mother, her grandchildren, and my sister was absolutely amazing. And these, these people, I can't thank them enough, and that's why I'm mentioning it now on air, because I think it's lovely that a big company like that, their staff would just we're just absolutely amazing. So there is good in the world. But no, if heaven is such a beautiful place, why would we agree to come back to earth if
2: this is so much pain and suffering here? Absolutely, you know, and I think I touched briefly upon it earlier on, you know, and it's about getting you know, as I said that uh, it's like one big school of learning and to get a real understanding of love. As I was saying earlier on, how would you know what love is until there's an absence of love? how would you really understand it from the spiritual world point of view? Because it's there, you know, you, you live in for an eternity, you know, everything's utopia. How do you know what that really is to experience it fully is to not have it, to have something removed being here. You know, we can take things for granted of our everyday life and having our moms and our dads with us and then them leave us. And then we really understand what love truly truly is and i think it helps us to grow as a soul as a spirit through our suffering you know and and it's like as i said you know how do you experience hot unless there's cold how do you experience up without down pain suffering you know greed envy all those kind of things you know to to live without of of money um, to get the understanding. I think it helps us grow to really understand ourselves as a soul. Absolutely. And to be fair, like you said, there's some very beautiful things here as well. Yeah.
0: Well, it could be that maybe as far as reincarnation goes, you don't have a choice. That's just how it works. You've got to come back.
2: There is that argument too of maybe through karma and things like this, maybe in past lives we've hurt many people and we've come back into this lifetime to feel what that really is like. Yeah see the other side of the coin to get things, everything into balance. So there's that argument too.
1: So karma was obviously, I guess, from Indian faiths. Hmm. Do you find that when you're doing your readings, are you only getting people coming through that are maybe from a Christian faith or from whatever faith you might practice? Or is it crossing religious boundaries?
2: Well, I'll tell you this, in terms of the spirit world, everybody is of a, 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 a oneness up there. And I've, I remember a lady coming for a reading and a um, husband came through. And the first thing I saw, he was stood there and he was a man of the cloth. And I couldn't believe my eyes. There was a vicar stood right by her side. And I says, my darling, there's a vicar stood next to you. She went, that's my husband. And I knew that he'd never believed in this kind of thing. But what a surprise he had. Do you know what I mean? And I've had every walk of life in my home of people um, from Muslim faiths, Hinduism, Buddhism. I've had every walk of life in my home and loved ones still always come from, always.
1: That's a nice message that, because as you know, there's lots of the fighting in this world are caused by religions. And I think that if anybody can try and find a difference between you and I, they will use that to try and create friction. So the thought that there is just a one nice is quite refreshing. It actually reminded me of an interview that we did a number of episodes ago with Dr. Penny Satori. Now, she's a oh, doctor right. who did her PhD in near-death experiences. Oh, so right. mainstream science actually looked at what she was experiencing and what she was relaying to them through her job as a nurse at that stage, and she got her doctorate based upon it. Uh, what Mm. a fantastic thing for mainstream science to actually start recognizing this but she echoed what you just said there and said that it doesn't matter the faith it really doesn't matter when it comes down to it from what she has seen all of them are experiencing the same sorts of things
2: very true because at the end of the day Shelley there can only ever be one thing and that one thing is truth always there can only ever be truth there can't be anything else so in a spirit world, it really, really is a sense of oneness. And I think it's when we come to earth that we try to find that journey back. And then people have their different interpretations of what really truth is, because there's only truth. Yeah. And that truth is is the oneness of spirit, that we are coming from the same source. And I think it's our understanding, trying to recognize what that is. And they've been divided on the earth of their interpretation. It's almost like if you can imagine a mirror and saying this full mirror is truth, and that's been shattered on the floor. And people have taken a piece of that mirror. This one piece is Christianity. This one piece is Muslim faith and so forth and so forth of this bigger picture of truth.
1: Yeah, you need all of the elements to, to get the full picture.
2: If you do actually look and and look between all religions, it all oscillates the same thing through it all. And that is that of love and to be good to each other. That is a common theme in every faith, every religion is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is really just the fanatics, the ones yeah. that they're the ones that twist religion and make it into something. Sure. You yeah. know, bad, not bad, but.
1: Yeah, well, the original meaning of the word church is just a, a congregation of people. Right. So when I mentioned about Dr. Penny Satori there, obviously she was able to use science then to illustrate her work, and and it was recognised. Do you think there's ever an experiment that could be devised or created that could one day prove that psychic mediumship is a true phenomena, is a true science?
2: I would love to think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why technology is developing all the time? These little gadgets and things, and maybe one day in the future there would be something that can measure what we're doing. And I, and I think actually the Alpha Finley College um, in Stansted, they've been doing some experiments with brain waves and things like that, which is, I'm quite looking forward to see what the results are, where they're measuring people's brainwaves when they're actually connecting with spirits, see what's going on in the brain. So I think that'd be quite fascinating. But I think one day, maybe into the future, there'll be something that could say, hey, yeah, this person's connecting. But also you've got to, in order to measure something, you've got to know it exists. So I think proving there's a spirit world or there's a heaven, if you like, first, do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's a number of factors there. It's okay testing mediums and checking the brainwaves or whatever it is, but we still got to understand that the spirit world itself has got to be proven, hasn't it? I'm looking from a sceptical point of view.
1: Yes, because even if they got a psychic medium and put them on one of these machines that that registered brainwaves and they found there was another frequency there, they still wouldn't necessarily know what that frequency did or what it led to or what it was communicating with. I get it totally. Do you think it's possible to have a momentary or temporary ability to communicate with spirit? I say this because Bella and I started this journey with the podcast because of something really that happened to us. I don't know whether you got an opportunity to listen to our first episode. I didn't know, I'd like to. No, no, it's okay. So I, I won't go into it in massive detail because obviously other listeners may have heard it and I don't want to make this about us. But there was a situation where Bella, as you can tell from speaking, is American. I was here in the UK. We were communicating with each other as friends over the phone and over Skype. And I, when I was talking to her, kept hearing this voice saying, call her angel. It went on for a big amount of time. I'm not a psychic. I'm not a medium. I've had a few little instances in my life that I could put down to, or maybe coincidence I'm quite a skeptical person however this voice kept saying call her angel until one day I entered it into a conversation I just said at the end of the call okay speak to you soon angel bye and it didn't register with her at all next time I spoke to her on the phone this thing shouted in front of my face if someone was stood in front of me and they shouted, "caller angel, really loudly, my hair would have moved. That's how loud this thing was in front of my face. And it scared the life out of me. So I said to her, you know, this is what I was hearing. Didn't mean anything to her at all. She had a word with her father. Her father reacted totally out of sorts and eventually relayed to her something that had happened to her as a baby like I so I'm not going to go into it, but suffice it to say, I didn't know about this. Bella herself didn't know about this particular story, and it was something that her father had been keeping a secret for the duration of Bella's life. So yeah. I don't know how... I could have known this. It was specific. Mm. I've never had anything since. It stopped after the and point. And it never
0: that, happened again. No,
1: it stopped after the point that she was obviously given that message. So yeah. is it something you think that maybe spirit can switch on to people? Is it something that can happen momentarily and then you lose it for good? Or
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that. I think maybe for all of us at some point in our lives, we're going to have an experience that we can't get our head around. And I think it'll happen to us all. And I think that's part of our journey, I, I would say, to get an understanding of who we truly are. And there's been countless people that have spoken to me where they've had of experience, like what you've just said. And in and, 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 and other ways, I just think it's a very fascinating thing. But I think it is possible that spirit could give us a little of something at some point in our life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Well, they say that as humans, we use a very small percentage of our brain, so it could be that this sort of ability is something that everybody had at one point. Maybe now they don't. Or maybe it is something that is developing in us as a species we just don't know.
2: i would give you a, a little story of, a, of another lady that came for a reading. And this is a, quite an interesting one, actually, because her husband had, had, unfortunately, had cancer and he knew he was going to pass away. So what he had done, he did a bit of research and he stumbled across me. And he said to his wife, "Look, like, when I pass away, go for a reading with this man and I'll come through to him. But what I'm going to do is give you a password. This is very interesting. When I give you a password, only you and I are going to know. And if he gives you the password in the reading, then you'll know it's definitely me. And I think that's a very interesting thing. Yeah. So she came for the reading. She said to me, oh, just to let you know, her husband did come through and he showed me the cancer and he gave his name. I think it was Chris or something, his name. And um, she said to me, is it at all possible you can ask him for the password? I thought, oh, crikey, I've never been um, asked anything like that before. So I shut my eyes and I went into a little bit of a deeper state of consciousness, like a meditative state, to get a real stronger link with him. And he showed me two things. He showed me flower and head, flower head. I said to her, I'm seeing flower head. And she went, you are right, but you're also wrong. <laughs> I went, okay, and I said, what does it mean? She said the the password is actually petal, bonts. Petal meaning flower, bonts meaning head. But I saw it as flower head. So for her, that was the password. It's just the way I interpreted it. So I I think that's a really smart way to do it, is to have something like that in your thoughts. This will give me the proof. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's funny because you hear that a lot where people say, you know, if something happens to me, I'll I'll come back, I'll try and make contact. But actually setting up some kind of definitive yeah. test, if you
2: like, is probably a really good so, good idea. So so to me, in effect, she had given me a test. Like, I believe yeah. you, I'll truly believe you if you get me the password. I know I didn't get it directly, but you could see why I got what I did of the petal and the head meaning petal sorry, the flower on the head meaning petal once. So that was really, really interesting that one. And what so- an obscure password as well yeah absolutely so obviously she went away a very happy lady and it's interesting about interpretation as well and this is something I was going to touch upon with you that sometimes with mediums they may not quite interpret something correctly although I got that and it did make sense to her I'll give you another example where that's come across me before and um, there was a brother and sister that had come for a reading and their mum had come through it was a lovely lovely reading and towards the end of the reading, I said to them, is there any sea lines, sea lines in your house? You know, like a teddy bear or ornaments or something on those lines. They went, oh, no, we haven't got anything like that in the house. I went, I can't stop seeing it. And it went on for a few moments. And they went, no, we haven't got any sea lines or any teddies or pictures that are depicting sea lions. And I said to them, well, I'll tell you exactly what I saw. What I saw was Donna Knock, you know, where are the sea lines come into." Mm-hmm. and um, people go there to go look at the sea lions. I says, this is what I'm seeing, Donna Nock. And that's when the penny dropped, the gentleman's mouth just dropped. And he said to me, the last time I saw my mother, I took her to Donna Nock. I took her in a wheelchair to see the sea lions.
1: Oh, wow. the, next
2: day she, the next day she passed away. So that was his last memory of his mother. You know, it blew his mind. It blew my mind as well, because then I thought to myself, sometimes information come through and might not quite interpret it correctly just to give exactly what I see was a bit of a lesson for me. But um, that was a a real key piece of evidence for that man. And he knew it was his mum.
1: What I find fascinating is that you said earlier that you've been doing this for, was it sort of 10 years, did you say?
2: Yeah, 10 years, five years professionally.
1: And yet you're telling me that these things are coming through and they're surprising you. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing that you know the gift that you've got. And and it is a gift, in my opinion. And you're using it daily and yet you're still getting things coming through that surprise you i think that's fascinating
2: absolutely true absolutely true i mean i was over in um retford um a spiritualist church there and it was a um, unusual night of communication and i was reading for a lady her dad had come through and straight out of my mouth i went to her it's called robert roberts isn't he? <laughs> robert <laughs> roberts and she went oh my word that's my dad wow <laughs> you know, and, and I just sit there, I'm in shock myself, because it's like, wow, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there one, <laughs> one time I was reading, and it was in um, stuttering Scunthorpe, and um, there was this lady sat there, and I started talking in Portuguese. <laughs> wow. And I, I didn't know I was talking in Portuguese. Wow. <laughs> all, these what words, what all these words was coming out, and I said to the lady, what have I just said? She went, I can't tell you, Paul. I went, why? He said, well, you was talking in Portuguese, which is my native tongue. I went, what did I say? She went, it's too personal. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. I said, well,
2: was it, and I said, was it evidence to you? She went, oh, yes. So to this day, I have no idea what I said. And even then I was just like, I was just in shock and thinking, how could I have done that? Do you know what I mean? I just couldn't get my head around it.
1: So what happened in that situation then? Did you hear a sentence that you, you
2: copied? No. Not at all. It was a a really strange situation because I didn't hear anything. I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. It was almost as if at that moment that a spirit entity had come into my my body and just took over for that moment because I had no control over it. It was just coming out of my mouth.
0: Did that that scare you?
2: It did a little bit when I sat and reflected on it. And it's not the first time spirit have done that. I mean, I'm not a trans medium. I, I don't particularly... Warm to transmedia because I like a little bit of control. I like to know what I'm doing. Yeah. And it did scare me a little bit. And there was um, an evening that I did in Grimsby. Um, and I'll never forget this night. I was looking straight into the audience. I was looking straight into this woman's eyes. And I felt this energy come so strong into my auric field that I just couldn't help to say these words. And I said to her, Mom, I'm so sorry. Mom, I'm sorry. I've got no head. I've got no head, mom. I'm so sorry. Tell my daughter I love her. Tell my daughter I love her. And then it just stopped. And it took, it, it knocked me for six. I had to sit down and I was shaking. And I've never done that in a public event. It really, really scared me. This lady came and spoke to me at the end. She says, Paul, she says, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I said, it just, it took my breath away. I didn't have no control. She, and I said, what I said, do you understand it? She went, that was my son, and what he'd done, bless his heart, he made his own decision to go to spirit. He'd laid out on the railway tracks. Oh, goodness. Then um, He'd lost his head, and then about a month after this had happened, his girlfriend, who was pregnant at the time, had a little girl, and I think I even called the little girl's name as well, if I remember right. Like, yeah, I just can't remember what it was now. Oh, yeah. But at that moment, I, I really felt the full force of spirit, and it did scare me. I will be truthful, it did scare me. I think that's probably my most scariest time doing this work.
0: That would scare me.
2: Yeah, it really did because the words was just coming out my mouth. I couldn't control it. And I think even my guides, as my spirit guides, knew that there was something that I don't want to kind of dabble in just yet. I don't think I'm quite developed yet
1: how do you deal with the mental health side of it what I mean by that is I used to work with young children going back a number of years who were going through some pretty serious stuff and as an adult I think I'd have struggled to deal with what they were going through and I used to come home from work and I was physically drained I needed support from a mental health point of view, because I just had so much of a load on me. Do you find that you're dealing so much with grief that maybe you at times need a bit of support?
2: You know, that's a fantastic question, Shelley. It really is. And in my earlier days, I used to carry a lot of those emotions. And I think one of the most emotional things that I go through as a medium is when you're dealing with children that have crossed over. You know, when you've got parents coming in the homes and they've lost their children, it, it's heartbreaking. But I think, you know, as time goes on, you learn to kind of push your own feelings to one side. I mean, obviously, doing the work, they do have a lot of empathy. But on a personal level, you've just got to let it go, because if you carry it, you can just make yourself poorly yourself. Mm. It's a lot of responsibility. It really is. And I remember one time a little girl had come through to me little four-year-old girl, it broke my heart, it really did, you know, I'd even question the fact do I want to continue working as a medium, this is too heartbreaking, but through friends and support, and I've got a great support mechanism with my wife and my children, all very supportive in what I do, you know, you need to be doing this, you bring in healing to people, and you know, that gives me the drive, but you know, through meditations and things like this, and um, well-being, you know, I do obviously cleanse a lot, you know, I'm working on myself, keeping myself mind healthy, you know, so there's, there's a big process involved in what I do. It's not just I do a reading and that's it. You know, I'm looking after myself as well.
0: Before you in your family, did anybody else have this sort of ability that you're aware of or your children or anything? You know.
2: a, it's a very, very, very good question. I'm not aware as such of anybody in ancestry that have had mediumistic capabilities. Well, I certainly know from The generation that I'm in now, that myself, um, my sister is also a working medium. Um, My daughter is going through a process right now as we speak, starting to see things and feel things around her. And I'm trying to support her with that at the moment. My granddaughter, Lily, bless her. She is also very in tune with them. I've caught her once having a conversation on the stairs with somebody, and I've questioned her a little bit who she was talking to. My niece, it's, it, there's a lot in my family that can do it. And my wife, to a degree as well. Wow. So there's a few of wow. us. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think my mother, as well. To be, to be fair, I think she has experiences, but I think she's coming from a very rational mind, the way she's been brought up into the world, and this is to do with conditioning, you know, through um, schooling and parenting. But I think she has got a lot of psychic ability, my mother. I really do. She just doesn't realise.
1: I appreciate that, you know, when it comes yeah. to your children and your grandchildren. It may have been something that you may have passed on, if you like. But then when it comes to your wife, who obviously yeah. isn't related to you, That's you right. know, family-wise, it makes me wonder whether spiritually you were kind of drawn together. I truly believe I after... I believe that. Yeah, I, I truly believe that after the situation that happened with me and Bella that I referred to earlier, I think that we're quite spiritually oh, connected, absolutely. I think that, that we were definitely meant to be together. Paul, we've had a fantastic conversation with you today. We really, really have enjoyed My it. Client. We struggled with the idea a while ago about speaking to someone who claimed to be a psychic medium, but as I say, on the recommendation of Nick, and I think he was spot on with this, he said, you need to give this guy a go. I went into his session expecting to find another charlatan, excuse my expression there. That's what he was expecting to find because he'd been to so many in the research of this book that just totally turned him off the idea that the this is an actual phenomenon. and you turned it back on. So not only a sceptic, but someone who actually had gone into that session expecting to prove you wrong and yet you turned them around so yeah we really really do appreciate the time and I've got to say hats off to you Uh, really appreciate the work you're doing I know that you're giving people a lot of joy we had a look on YouTube earlier and we saw some 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 fantastic uh, (laughs) sessions that you've done on there love the one with the Milky Bar kid That is absolutely amazing. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I would recommend
1: anybody looking you up on there. I know you've got a website as well. Do you want to tell our listeners about your website?
2: Yeah, I mean, the website just really is down to showing what events that I'm doing in the future and some testimonials and that kind of thing. But I think one of the exciting things that's coming up at the moment for me is that we're doing a little theatre tour um, myself. And um, a lovely man called David Lee who's presenting the evening and another medium called Jeanette Greenoff who's from the Blackpool area. So we're doing some of the small theatres. There's one coming up um, a week on Saturday at Bridlington Spa. So um, all the details are on my website and on my Facebook page. So, yeah, look out for it. It's going to be an exciting night.
0: I'd well, like to do that.
2: Well, I was going to say,
1: if you're coming down <laughs> anywhere towards Wales, let us know. But also, my brother, oh, yes, now, lives um, in, my brother now lives in Grimsby. I so heard. it may well be that we'll pop up and see you at some point in your own Absolutely. neck of the
2: woods, maybe. I, I think I have done something around Wales. I think I might be there next year as well. So um, yeah, What's that space.
1: Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely Brilliant. get in touch with us and let us know about that. Absolutely. We'd love to come along and meet you.
2: Is there any other interesting plans that you got for the future? There's a couple of things in the pipeline, but I've been told I've got to keep quiet. So I can't say that's a <laughs> space. But there's some good things coming, I promise you. Go
0: check the website, yeah. Hm. Absolutely. And what is the actual website address?
2: Oh, it's, um, it's www.mediumpaulunfraes.com. Right. Excellent. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate your time. You are lovely people. Thank you.
1: Thank you. So what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, pretty good. Some interesting facts, really, to get it from the other side of the coin, as opposed to somebody that's been to a psychic and they're telling you what they said.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because now we've actually done it, there's another question that I wish I'd have asked now, and that is, can he at will summon up his family that he may have lost. How cool would it be to have a telephone connection basically to the loved ones that you've lost? For people like us, we would have to go to a psychic, wouldn't we? And ask them, can you communicate with my loved ones or I'm trying to get in touch with my nan or whatever? Whereas I wonder if he can just contact his loved ones at will.
0: Yeah, that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask him that I forgot. So
1: Oh no. Do you know what, I tell you what, I'm gonna drop him an email and ask him (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and we will let you know on a future episode what he says thank you very much to Paul Humphreys for that really do appreciate him being with us on the show today anyway guys thank you very much for listening to us once again on the Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast you can catch up with any of our past episodes via our website which is www.weirdwackywonderful.co.uk we have a range of merchandise now which you can find on the website as well links to them you can follow us on Facebook we are at the Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast and on Twitter, we are at www podcast, and you can also find us on Instagram. We are running our competition at the moment, so if you want to win that copy of the book by Paul Sinclair, the Truth Proof free book, all you've got to do is tweet a message using the hashtag www truth and we will be drawing that ready for the next episode. One last thing, we have changed our podcast hosting company, so if you usually get the podcast at a usual place and for some reason you can't find it there at the moment then please do let us know and we will chase that up with the podcatcher that you would normally use i don't think there should be any problems everything seems to be going smoothly but just in case there is anything that i've not been made aware of then do get in touch with us and you can do that again via our website www.weirdwackywonderful.co.uk and click on the contact page thanks again guys and don't forget to remain weird Weird, wacky wacky and and wonderful. wonderful